Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And that's Dennis Halnan. He's one of the MC. He's one of the employee owners, I should say. That tab. He comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online if you'd like. We're here till 11. It's a foggy morning this morning. And uh, nothing like the DOT patching the highway right in the middle of the highway this morning. <laughs> I mean, really, guys? You couldn't uh, pick a better time and block the whole highway. But no, they're out there in the fog. Perfect timing. Uh, <laughs> couldn't make it up. Uh, but we're here. We survived. And uh, here to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. 860-522-9842 is the number. And we are broadcasting on the Facebooks. If you want to follow us over at the Computer Talk with Tab Lister Network, uh, Zuckerberg has can't deem it worthy or not. If you're a member of that group, you can catch us and uh, yeah. join the conversation there if you'd like. So, Dennis, anything, anything you want to talk about technology-wise, as we always do? Oh, sure. I'd love to talk to you about something called a TPM. A TPM, yes. A trusted Platform Module. I've heard of those things. And hardware that's been built into computers for quite a while now. Yeah. Even if you've never heard of it or ever seen one. Yeah. You probably don't even see them because they're chips Tiny. that are on a motherboard typically. Itsy bitsy. Or a device that's plugged into a daughter board inside. But right. either way, it's, it's deep in the guts. Mm-hmm. Um, what... There's been a revelation well, about the nature of this TPM. Yes, it, okay. it's a revelation, sure. And BitLocker, which is uh, Microsoft's own drive encryption right. uh, protocol, right. uh, depends on the TPM to store security keys that right. decrypt the data right. once you've encrypted it. Well, it turns out that with a $10 mm. Raspberry Pi Pico device, Yep. You can hack that encryption and decrypt the data on a BitLockered drive. In minutes, minutes. In minutes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's no time at all. And it, it not only, well, the powers that be kind of were aware of this That's why it's not really a revelation. Yeah, yeah. And, and now they're having to fess up to it. But what really, really drives me bonkers yes. is that 
when Windows 11 was released, mm-hmm. Microsoft made a big deal right. out of having TPM support on the computer. You had to have a TPM, right. and it not only had to be there, it had to be 2.0 compatible right. version of the TPM. Latest and greatest. Right, because Windows 11 needs it. Yeah, It needs it for performance and security. It's mm-hmm. very necessary. And again, real quick on this, though, too, being very necessary. This is about encryption at rest. Right. So when the machine is sitting there turned off and you lose it, you know, you're a, you're a state worker and you leave it, leave a laptop in the car of all of our data <laughs> and it's sitting there in the front seat, you know, the hope is that it's encrypted. Everyone says, hey, you know what? All the data got out because it was not encrypted. Well, now the hope is it's encrypted and right. the bad guys can't decrypt it. Well, guess what they can do? They can decrypt it. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't even take much to do it. And that's right. part of the problem. But- what is really annoying is that Microsoft hinged Windows 11 mm. on the presence of TPM 2.0 in right. your computer. Right. And and it's it turns out to be full of, it's like Swiss cheese full of holes. Yeah. So what was the point? I mean, basically, uh, if you happen to be like a, <laughs> if you're a drug user or something like that trying to sell a laptop for a couple of hits, then it won't be a big deal. It's, it's obviously, though, if, those, if somebody wants to get access to your laptop, it's right there. You can do right. it in, in minutes. Right. And uh, it's just back to the typical Microsoft, right? I mean, yeah. you got it. You can't make this stuff up. It's been the case for the past 30 years. It's like, are you kidding me? Are you <laughs> Basically, it's are you kidding me constantly. And, uh, you know, even this is baloney, and they're aware of it. Right. And, you know, it would have been one thing if this was a zero-day exploit that was just revealed. Right. This but is this is actually pe- how it works. People in the industry <laughs> were aware that right. this vulnerability was present within the hardware. Right. And mm, we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Where's where's what's his name? Wiseden? Where's Why Ron Wiseden? Is that his Wyden. name? Wyden. Wyden. Where, where's Wyden when you need him? Let's get on this, I'm, Ron. Honestly, I'm sure his office had something to say about this. Would have to have. Yeah. My, in this in this article, Microsoft has long accepted that such attacks are possible, although it describes them as targeted attack with plenty of, targeted attack guys. The idea of encryption at rest is that the bad guy has the hardware in its hand and you've encrypted it to make it safe. I mean, it's not targeted. It's no. again some ding-dong leaving a laptop in the car. And it used to be de- not encrypted, and you're like, well, maybe you should encrypt this stuff. Well, okay, we do it, and then all the, all the guy has to have is a $10 item to decrypt it. Right. What have you really done? You Nothing. Haven't done anything. So, uh, in <laughs> basically here, less than a minute in the example, we dispute that plenty of time claim, while the Raspberry Pico uh, device is undoubtedly impressive for the price at less than ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, now, you can mitigate this by the use of a pin. Yes. So if you've configured a pin. Along with this, you may have better encryption. But if you right. haven't, all you have is a a little bit of a short-term uh, crack there. So right. thanks, Microsoft. <laughs> Anything else you want to bring up? Oh, yeah. Um, in the wake of all the uh, uh, intrusions into uh, systems at Microsoft and mm-hmm. HPE and some other big vendors, yeah, uh, the federal government, which does business with a lot of these companies, uh, has issued some guidelines that they'd like their contractors to to follow. Yeah. One of them is they have to uh, notify the federal government of any intrusions within a few hours. Ah, so not days, not, days, not, not weeks, weeks, not months, hours. Right. right. Okay. Another thing that the federal government wants yeah. is an available 
administrative backdoor into whatever it is that they've got. Oh, boy. Yeah. Now, I, I suppose Microsoft and HPE, they might go along with a few hours notice of intrusions, but mm. even that is probably something they're not going to, you know, be able to say, absolutely, we can follow that. Right. Um, the other issue is there's no way they're going to allow them a standing back door. Not that we know about. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that I know. at this point. Uh, the thing is, I mean, <laughs> as far as a standing back door, I mean, we've talked about this in the past, right? The FBI fixed all the all the issues with the Heffernan attack with all the exchange servers. Yeah. They were the FBI themselves, without even asking, were running around closing those doors that were left right. wide open thanks to Microsoft. Yes. So I would contend, you know, the FBI and the folks, the, the sharp folks that are part of that group, probably already have a back door. Um, they very is, well is could. what I'm joking about. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. And uh, you get the NSA and those guys that have all sorts of technologies. And you know, Microsoft doesn't seem to know it's TPM from its elbow. So if, you know, it, that request is just a bureaucratic request based on mm -hmm. what they probably already have the ability to do. If it, if I were to guess, I mean, mm -hmm. I could be wrong. Um, but at the rate we're going here, accessing Microsoft systems doesn't really seem like you need a request to do it. Uh, yeah, for them, <laughs> they'll uh, just send an email to the, the somebody within Microsoft and, and trick them into their own credentials. But even um, the even the few hours notice of intrusions, I don't even know if they could follow that because half the uh, time they don't even know. Well, it. Microsoft might detect some activity that could be possible intrusion, right? But how long would it take for them to look into that and then determine whether or not it actually was one? Right. It could take it can take a few days for them to figure that out. Unfortunately. Right. So how can they how can they commit to something like that? I don't think they can. Well, yeah, well, right. If they I mean, wanted to, and I don't guarantee they don't want to. Well, there's a story I think I saw on Fox 61 yesterday evening about Connecticut College had a, a breach, right? And they yeah. they say that the bad guys had access to data, but the the extra line is, but we don't we don't think the bad guys have done anything yet with that. Well, they've got nothing but time, guys. It, it doesn't matter by that point because they probably copied it right. or all or some of it anyway. Yeah. The fact that you don't think they've done anything with it today, well, what, is it 20 minutes from now they're going to do something with it? I mean, that statement is ridiculous. Or a month from now yeah. or three months. I mean, look at look at some of the, like the Okta hack that took place a few months ago. Yeah, still... We're seeing fallout from that now. Right. There are intrusions that are happening now because of that back then. That's crazy. So, In other news... Uh, a fake LastPass lookalike made it into the Apple App Store. Really? Oh, yes. So Ooh. basically an app that looked just like LastPass uh, got to the Apple App Store uh, for unsuspecting folks to download and install and, of course, configure all your passwords for the fake app. And, you know, again, you talk about hoping that there's people at Apple and, and Google to make sure they vet these things. I would contend there aren't. Here you go. Oh. Um, I mean, come on. Basically, it was developed by someone calling themselves uh, Parvati Patel, and he appeared to be trying to confuse users into running the thing and possibly steal their data. Possibly? Mm. Yeah, of course that's his job. Um, and somehow it gets on there and is available. And if you're just like most of my kids who are in their 20s, they literally take milliseconds to make a decision. <laughs> oh, there's LastPass. Boom, bang. I'll, I'll load that right. up. Right. Uh, yeah. They're not going to look for that company designation. Right. 
And so you got to you got to have the folks at Apple do a better job of protecting their people from this kind of stuff. You could be super secure, Apple, but come on. Um, and of course, nobody can be perfect. But you, you, vetting this before it gets on, I mean, it's a quick Google search. Wait a minute, have I heard a LastPass before? It does seem a little well, similar. I wonder do, if I should check. I, you know, <laughs> I would think that LastPass kind of already had an app in the market. Yeah, you would think step so one, double check somebody if somebody <laughs> submits an app for them. Yeah, you would at least double check it against what you already have. Right. It would seem their SOP is missing a line. Be sure of existing, a little bit more than that. Yeah. <laughs> Be sure existing app doesn't already exist somewhere else. Um, so again, you, we, you can't make this stuff up. So you really have to be extra cynical when it comes to technology. Um, we are a long way away from having secure anything, from what right. I, from what I can see. Um, and you're, I mean, FortiGate just talked about their issues. I mean, in passing, they've got SSL VPN vulnerabilities. They've been having issues for a long time. Cisco, these are firewalls. These are companies that whose job is it to secure access, and they have these vulnerabilities. And there's even vulnerabilities in Sonic Wall too. So it's a it's an ongoing issue, and that's just the front door of your network. Right. Um, now you're looking at apps, and you're looking at TPMs that don't work, and it's like, are you kidding me? Here's where we are still in the year 2024. Um, so, you know, what what are we going to do as far as doing a better job at securing our technology? And it really needs to come down to our federal government, which, of course, is having a hard enough time securing its own things. I mean, mm. we work with manufacturers that deal with DOD type of folks. And, um, you know, you spend all your time securing um, the CUI having to do with maybe a, whatever it is, a howitzer or some sort of drone or what have you. And then the bad guys just go right after the base and take all the all the drawings. Right. They go right to the military base and grab it. Right. You know, so you spend hundreds of millions of dollars protecting the data and the bad guys just go right to your military base. So, heck, I was talking to a glass guy, a little digression here, but he's a, a, he also is a military guy and he's a glass guy. And he walked into a military base because he actually works in the military as well. And he noticed that their security glass was put on backwards. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. No. Yes. So, I mean, the, the, the contractors at the base don't even know how to put the glass on, right? So that when bullets come toward it, it actually protects the people behind it. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, we're, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, I wish I was making it up, but I'm not. We've all seen the stories of the nuclear submarines running on Windows XP when it, I mean, I mean, right? I mean, well. Yeah, and and the uh, the nuclear missile system that was dependent on eight inch drives from right. what 1968. Right. I mean, it's it's crazy. So we have a long way to go, and uh, I don't know. Just assume assume whatever data you're putting into anything you're putting it into is available to somebody else on the other side of the planet. We're gonna step out for a quick break. Uh, feel free to get online. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two is the number. Stefan's on the line, and we have four lines open for you. And everything we talked about so far will be posted over at computertalkwithtab.com and on our Facebook page. If you join us on the Computer Talk with Tab listener network over there, it's a private group. Um, we'll, we'll put you uh, there, and you can go ahead and get the links there as well. We'll be right back. And we are back. That's right. It's Valentine's Day. It's coming up, right? Right, right. So we're hoping you guys are all be our Valentines, and that's what Carolyn's trying to do here, get you in that Valentine's mood. And uh, But we're going to be here till 11 o'clock and try to help you with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Let's go right to Stefan and see what's going on there in New Britain. Hello, Stefan. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. 
I'm glad I tuned in because I feel so much better about my Windows 11 bit lock at home. Yes, right. You're so secure. Do you have a pin yeah, at least? Did yeah. you configure a pin? I uh, configure a pin. I can't remember if I did. A, if I did, I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. But uh, great. So <laughs> some, somebody uh, with Raspberry Pi on this cheap device can just break right. into my computer, right? If they have your machine, yeah. You don't have a pin. Oh, if they have my machine. Right. So it's encryption at rest. So like I said in my discussion there, like, again, if a state worker leaves the laptop on the front seat of their car and the, and the laptop leaves, in the old days, they'd be all over the news because, of course, the, the data was not encrypted. Now, right. I'm sure the state requires them to be encrypted. So now you're not as worried. But if it's in the bad guy's hands, he uses that Raspberry Pi device. Think of it as a little key. And oh, okay. he's able to get access to it. So, no, they can't get they can't get you without having access to the device. But that's the point. The encryption is designed to prevent that because once you've logged into it, it's decrypted, right? So if I'm a bad guy getting into your system right now because you're logged in, uh, it's already decrypted and I have access to it, right? It's when it's sitting on the front seat of your car and I I reach in there and grab it that I can't get into it unless I have that little tool. Wow. You you follow me? Yeah, I guess Microsoft has a Ford engineering slogan. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're stupid. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's nutty. It's crazy. The Anywho. Fact, yeah, what's um, up? I have uh, the HPMV laptop, and there yeah. is a small strip. It doesn't seem to serve any purpose other than aesthetic. It's like this little plastic strip that's been... On the bottom? Space, uh, on the top mm. of, of the... Uh, on the rear of the screen. When All you right. shut the laptop, it's in front of you and it's this little plastic strip that they cut out a section for it and it lies in there now the little plastic strip is coming up yeah so it's probably grippy uh, this is for grippy right uh, it? no it does it just looks like it's an aesthetic thing huh that that's all so i uh I, it's still under warranty mm-hmm. and and I was also dumbass enough to buy one of those Best Buy extended warranty things. Yeah. So anyway, I bring it to Best Buy, and they say, hey, guess what? It's aesthetic, so you're SOL. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, we, can, we can't fix it. And even if we send it to HP, and I think their nearest service center is in New Hampshire. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, it's yeah, not worth it. Yeah, unless it impedes the function of the computer in some way, we're not going to not going to be able to cover that under warranty. Uh, so yeah, I asked him what would be the best way to reattach this little strip. It's only coming up on one side. Yeah. So I, I initially thought super glue and then I did some web search and that's a bad idea. Right. Super glue. Um, and my, I've never had a, I mean, I know we're, we're, we have a great company here in Connecticut that is involved with super glue. I've never had any luck using super glue. Um, I can't glue anything. I mean, the guy that holds his helmet to the beam there, that, that you know, that those commercials where he's sitting there holding his head up to the beam. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I can't glue nothing with super glue. It's probably me. I'm sure I'm not using it right. I'm holding it wrong, I'm sure. But um, I would think epoxy would do it, man. Yeah, yeah. well, anyway, <laughs> uh, there's I, I looked online and there's this stuff, and they suggest it be some sort of flexible uh-huh. bond. So, like this E3000, or it's also known as T8000, it's mm. available from Amazon. All right. And I'm, I'm wondering if just somebody locally has it, because I don't need to make Jeff Bezos any richer. Yeah, right. Well, probably, you might find it at Home Depot or Lowe's or something like that. 
So yeah, like possibly. an epoxy. I'm just throwing it out. Stefan, for me, I wouldn't even bother with it. I would just, I would rip the little piece off and call it a day if it's just for aesthetic reasons. I mean, oh, okay. people put, you know, you could put a sticker over the top, you know, no big deal. I don't think it does anything, like you said. It's just aesthetics. Dennis, you were going to say well, something. Well, I, I was wondering if it's if it's meant to be a standoff uh, to keep the the laptop uh, well, oh, the, from snapping the screen clothes. from slamming into the into the chassis of the of the laptop. I think I it's on the know. outside, though, right, Stefan? It's on the outside. Not the inside. Yeah, it's on the outside. Oh, okay. that's why I thought yeah, it was that, a grippy thing. Like so, you don't slip. Your laptop doesn't slip out of your hands in some way when you hold it from the end. There, I don't know. Well, it's right on the edge, though. Right. See, that's the thing. It's right on the edge, so yeah. I don't know what function it serves other than just pure aesthetics. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, I was just wondering if, if you guys had some input. No, no we haven't uh, seen that uh, issue of any kind of quantity there, so I just got unlucky with whatever glued it on. So you can glue it back on or you can ignore it. I wouldn't go too crazy. Oh, all right. I don't I'll have any like... information. Oh, Okay. Well, thank you anyway. Yeah, thanks, Stefan. Okay. All right, you too. And double check your pin there. Make sure you got a pin configured for your uh, encrypted drive there. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 860-522-9842. No pin necessary. You can call from anywhere on the planet. Heck, we got a letter from Wisconsin, right? What was that? We did. Uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. Yep. Talk- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom about the uh, TurboTax thing, so we'll talk to yeah. we'll talk about that with Zig. He brought it. Uh, literally sent us a letter. We'll be right yeah. back. We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And we are here till 11 o'clock. And we'll help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. I woke up. I was fine this morning. And then I got in my car to drive over here. My right shoulder blade is like locked up. Ooh. It is ridiculous. All right. I don't know what I did, but it no worky. Um, 
but I'm going to be here till 11 o'clock to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. And so as far as concerns go, this is a great story as we wait for your calls. It's a tooth be told. <laughs> tooth be told. <laughs> tooth be told. Uh, toothbrush denial of service attack claim was lost in the translation, says Fortinet. So Fortinet, we talked about, they've got some pretty major uh, issues yeah. with their firewalls. And yeah. basically somebody was talking to Fortinet and some dingling at Fortinet gave them a, I don't know, a, uh, they gave them an, uh, an idea, a thought, a, just this little, this little thing that said, hey, imagine if this happened. After hundreds of media outlets worldwide repeated the false claim <laughs> that a botnet of three million toothbrushes attacked a Swiss company. <laughs> The cybersecurity firm at the center of the story now issues a statement. To clarify, the topic of toothbrushes being used for denial of service attack was presented during an interview as an illustration of a given type of attack, and it is not based on research from Fortinet. Um, it appears that due to the translation and the narrative of this topic, it has been stretched to the point where hypothetical and actual scenarios have blurred. Really? Uh, you don't say. <laughs> you don't say. So are you saying that journalists really don't really pay attention and just write down whatever you say? Uh, yeah, that's kind of what he's saying. Mm -hmm. So basically it, it was repeated hundreds of times by um, worldwide that your electric toothbrush, which, by the way, is the best investment you can ever make in your teeth. Um, I say that. I'm telling you, get an electric toothbrush. Uh, but aside from that little public service, it's not going to be used in a botnet. Could it be used? Hypothetically, possibly, right? <laughs> it depends on how smart your toothbrush is. If they have put enough in, uh, you know, technology into your toothbrush to actually then have it communicate with the toothbrush manufacturer to see, okay, I see Dennis is using you. That's great. You know, like my dehumidifier, right? There's enough smart oh, right. technology in there that it knows when I arrive. Mm -hmm. Could your toothbrush be leveraged in a denial of service attack? I guess hypothetically, if it had enough technology. It could, but why would they put that kind of technology in a toothbrush? I, I have no idea. I have no idea either. Um, so it comes back to the fact that the poor journalists out there, um, you guys, come on. You got to pay attention and, um, and not be a part of the problem. I know it's not easy, especially with technology, um, but now we're having to correct this because uh, Fortinet had plenty of time to actually correct this story. Uh, yeah. and, and actually contact the Swiss newspaper that that started it, um, but it waited. It had it had to wait until skeptical voices in the cybersecurity community questioned <laughs> authority, questioned the story. Now, of course, during COVID, questioning things was something that was frowned upon. But at least when it comes to toothbrushes, it's not politically incorrect to question the story. Um, and it's just kind of kind of funny. It cracked both Dennis and I up. But we'll put this out there. No, your toothbrush is not going to be used to hack anybody. No. But it is the best investment you can make for your teeth. I promise <laughs> you that. Anything else you want to talk about, Dennis? Well, let's see. We've got a, an advisory by a company that does repairs on different kinds of computer hardware. Uh-huh. An advisory from them? Yeah. All right. uh, it's a German company. Yeah. Uh, but what they've found is that a lot of USB sticks that they've been getting to either fix them up or to recover data from them mm -hmm. are not really what you thought you were getting when you either bought it or were given it. In a lot of cases, these are... USB sticks given out as promotions, ah. you know, with some company's logo. Yeah. Um, and it, you weren't getting what you thought you were getting. Okay. In some cases, 
So you have this uh, big, thick USB stick, right? You're like, right. ah, this is a quality piece of hardware. Right, and inside is garbage. Oh, boy. In a lot of cases, some of these things are little SD cards. The smallest you that, can get. Yeah, that are soldered onto a small board and then used as the storage. Gotcha. But as you may or may not know, a lot of you know micro SD cards are you know, not the best. They're not the best electronics. They're they're not high speed. No. And even some of these are labeled USB three, and they're not. Uh-huh. And um, that's why when you talk to people like Eric and myself mm. about whether you should be backing up your data to a USB stick, right. what do we say? Generally, not just one. If don't you're going to do it, but do don't it. do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a backup. Not really. Really, no, it isn't. <laughs> and, and, and the Germans agree with you. Oh, yeah. So well, there's a story we'll put out there for that. Um, and another news is, is always technology news going on out there. Um, the one thing I saw, TrickBot malware. So this is a the guy that came out with the TrickBot malware that actually is infecting hospitals and businesses. It's ransoming them. Um, for some reason, we they, they, he's been bringing down companies all over the planet, right? Um, Vladimir Donov is the guy, I guess. He was sentenced in the U.S. after pleading guilty. And he, he got basically uh, two counts, conspiracy to commit computer fraud and conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Okay. And guess, guess what his uh, sentence is going to be? And this guy's bringing down hospitals. People are not getting the, the care they need and, and impacting maybe your own loved one and in, in the hospital's ability to actually get their jobs done. Uh, what do you think we, we sentence him? Uh, five years? Actually, it's exactly correct. Did you read this story? Well, I, I was just trying to think of, you know, how, what, how lenient we could be. How, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I just came up with the answer that seemed obvious. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> no, we're not New York City. We are actually lock, not locking these people up uh, for a longer period of time. I mean, they, this needs to be something more serious because the amount of damage that is done financially, health-wise, they're attacking hospitals. There's another one story around me. I'm sure if I have it here, where basically- the bad guys were like laughing that they were bringing down children's hospitals. You know, they're supposed to have like a moral code, quote unquote. Um, these hackers or shouldn't be going after hospitals and stuff, but they don't even care anymore. They're just going after anywhere they can get the money. Um, well, the fake money, the cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we go ahead and, you know, lock them up for five years. Come on, man. Can we do better than that? I think so. I mean, it should be something painful. You know, go ahead and break rocks for 10 years, um, you know. As far as I'm concerned, you can't be harsh enough than these guys. And uh, millions of dollars lost, and we give them five years. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but based on this case, they're also trying to steal your bank account information. So the banks are getting their money taken out. And guess who who insures that? FDIC. But guess who backs that? We do. Right. So five years. He also, of course, is part of the malware as a service, where, again, you can become – a bad guy just by downloading the tools that they put up there on the dark web and say, oh, you too can be a crook too. Uh, but we're only, you know, if you get caught, it looks like the Americans are only going to lock you up for five years. And who knows if we're going to really lock them up. I don't even know. Um, but we'll put the link up here to the story and you can read it for yourself. I don't know what we're doing these days, but it's awfully nice to be a crook these days or a criminal. Well, well it's always been the case that any kind of what's considered white collar crime mm. typically has 
Well, white penalties. Yeah, white collar crime in the old days used to be like somebody siphon, like like it was like uh, the office, right, where they were sni- uh, siphon siphoning off a penny on every transaction, right? Who got hurt, right? A penny on every transaction. This is bringing down hospitals, right? That's not quite white collar crime. That's like- I I I agree with you on that, but I think the criminal justice system just hasn't really kept pace with what these people are able to do and mm. how much damage they can inflict. Yeah. And depending on the systems that are affected at some of these hospitals, people could have been sickened or died. Right. And it's not just the money. No, no, it's it's dangerous out there. And I wanted to bring this up last week and we never got to it. So George uh, George Carlin, you guys have heard George Carlin. His estate is suing over an AI generated stand up special. So Mm -hmm. I actually checked this out. Um, Basically, it's artificial intelligence that took all of, of George Carlin's routines mm-hmm. and made its own routine that sounds like George Carlin. It has its, 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 its own jokes, but it's generated through George Carlin's humor. And it is being – the guys who put it out there say it's more of an impression, right? It'd be like Dana Carvey getting sued for doing an impression of uh, George Bush, you know, not going to do it, you know, that kind of thing. No. These guys are saying, well, no, this is just an impression. It's dudesy um, of George Carlin. You can't sue us. And you should see in the beginning of this comedy routine, it's really not that funny, but it's okay. Um, they kind of say, this is a, you know, an impression. It's not George Carlin, yada, yada. They try to you know, make it so that they're not going to be hit for copyright infringement. But this is an interesting, interesting lawsuit here as far as how you look at that. Because they're generating the information purely from George Carlin's thing. You know, when Dana Carvey says not going to do it, George Bush never said not going to do it. <laughs> no. He just said no new taxes, and then he lied. Uh, and we got whacked. Um, wouldn't be prudent. Wouldn't be prudent. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, Dana Carvey's fine. He's not getting sued for that. Uh, so we'll see. If you guys want to check this out, we'll put a link up to this story, and you can actually check out the AI-generated stand-up of George Carlin. Now, not it's got it's uh, explicit. So understand yeah. that it's not you know a family friendly um, comedy routine, but then George Carlin was never family friendly. Uh, no. <laughs> so just be aware of that. But we'll put that link up there for you. So we're gonna step our step out for a quick break. Dan and East Windsor, get, uh, we're gonna get right to your call after the break. And three lines open for you. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two is the number. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. And we are back. We have four lines open for you. We're here till 11. You guys seem to all wake up at 10.30. But uh, feel free to get online. 860-522-9842 is the number. And we do, we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Plenty of concerns out there with, uh, with technology. But we'll see what uh, we're going to get. We're going to get to uh, Zig at some point today. But let's go yeah. to Dan in East Windsor first. What's happening, Dan? Hey, I got a weird one for you guys. All right. Um, I was ready to pull out what little hair I had left. I, I bought a used uh, Dell Latitude 5590, and uh, when I got it, it only had uh, 8 gigs of RAM, you know, a little 256 gigabyte uh, M.2 SSD in it. So I went to uh, the big box store with the blue uh, coloring scheme. You yeah. know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And um, I had them... Uh, sell me a uh, a larger M.2. In fact, it's a two terabyte M.2, and I also got 32 gigs of RAM. But nice. in there, um, everything loaded up just fine, um, except 
I had a little problem with Adobe Photoshop Elements 2. Now, I know it's an older edition of Photoshop Elements, but it's not because it's Windows 11, because I have three computers. Yep. A desktop and two laptops, they're all running Windows 11, and the Adobe Photoshop Elements works just fine on the other two, but it wasn't working on this one, and I was looking online for all these different uh, things. Um, the the uh, error I kept getting was that it couldn't launch because the scratch disks were hooked, and... and um, I knew there was no way this was, it was a two terabyte drive, you know, and um, so finally um, I resigned myself to the fact that I was just going to have to stick with my other laptop, which is just a 14 inch laptop. So I switched the, uh, the drives back over and um, it, it, since there's similar hardware um, in these two computers, yeah. um, you know, the, the other drive, it just boot right up and lo and behold, um, the Photoshop elements to load it up and work just fine. I'm like, Okay, that's weird. The only difference was the drive. So I took it out, looked at it closely, zoomed in on my camera, and I discovered an interesting little thing. Yeah. The original M.2 was in there. It said M.2 uh, 2280 was M.2 SATA, and the one that Best Buy sold me was an M.2 PCIe Gen 4. Okay. And um, oddly enough, that PCIe Gen 4 worked just fine for everything else. When the laptop loaded up Windows 11, not no problem. And... Um, it was everything except that Photoshop elements worked just fine on it. Hmm. The type of drive shouldn't matter. Um, no. From what I'm reading here, there you know it talks about disk defragmentation, which we wouldn't tell you to do on a solid state drive. Right. Um, right. Have you cleared all the Photoshop cache on that particular load? Oh, yeah, yeah. All yeah. Right. In fact, um, I even um, I even went so far as to completely wipe the computer and do a fresh install of Windows 11, and then the Photoshop elements was the very first thing I installed. Same thing. Interesting. And so the only, like I said, I figured out it was, it was the drive. Um, you really think the type of drive was the issue? Yeah, because um, that was the only thing that changed. Um, All right. So I put the uh, drive in. Um, and so I went online and ordered a... Uh, um, a SATA? I, I, yeah, I ordered an M.2 uh, SATA for it, larger yeah. one. Um, I, I thought something was kind of weird because um, the, uh, the one that was in there originally... Um, you know, um, the the pins on the end of it, it had, you know, the separations in the pins on both sides, so it didn't matter which way you put it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one at Best Buy sold me only had the separation on one side, so it mattered which way you put it in. But right. when I looked, yeah. when I looked you know, in the slot on the computer, it only had the separation on the one side, so I figured that was just, just a thing. But the one I just ordered online, um, M.2 SATA, has the, 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 uh, the separation on both sides. Um, I'm just wondering if that's. You know, hmm. I don't know. Well, I, I, so you've ordered it. You haven't really proved this to be the case yet, right? You haven't swapped out the other drive well, I mean, yet. I, I put the original one back in there and did a, you know, I wiped it, did a fresh install. And it worked. And it, you know, yeah. So, okay. So it could. There, there's got to be something about the drive that it doesn't like. Right. Not but as, I'm not yeah. sure that it's the. The type of drive. I, the type of drive. I think there might just be some flaw in the drive that it, it's. But, I, well, but your theory is definitely valid these days because we've got a client right now with a QuickBooks problem that keeps going from single mode to multi mode that makes no or well, yeah. sorry reverse multi mode to single here, mode for no reason. And here's, so. here's the other thing that that same um, that same um, SSD of the PCIe Gen Four. Um, that one, I originally bought it for my Latitude 7490, and I put it in there, and the Photoshop Elmas worked just fine with that drive on that laptop. 
Yeah. It was only only in the, the 5590 that it didn't work with that drive. But see, yeah, no, I hear you. It's But your machine, the bias, sees it. Every other aspect of your software sees it. Photoshop can't be that sensitive to it. But I, I, I hear you. Now, Elements 2, how old is that? Is it as old it's, as? It's, it's old. It's very old. But it's um, it still works. I mean, it works just fine. You know? No argument. But I'm wondering if it's so old that it just is having trouble with geometry and it's actually misreading what it's seeing on the drives because it's so old. It's too slow. Yeah. You know, Maybe that's yeah. the issue. But why would it work when I put the uh, the uh, the uh, M.2 2280 SATA back in there? No, you're it's you're, the you're specific right. It's I mean, the specific drive geometry of yeah. the drive that you're plugging in, not the yeah. interface. Right. Uh, yeah. There's uh, another there's another thing you might do hmm. if you have another drive on the computer during Photoshop uh, startup. You can hit Control Alt yeah, while the and change did the drive. I, I did that, um, hmm. and um, what I what I actually did was I uh, I ended up splitting the two gigabyte one and a half, and I created you know, a, a drive D on it, and um, so when I launched the uh, Photoshop, it quickly held on uh, Control and Alt, and it got the, uh, the little pop up thing where I could select the scratch disks, and I selected C for the first one, D for the second one, okay. and when I did that, the Photoshop elements would load, and I could. I could scan a document in there or scan a picture, but then when I went to save it, it would say it can't save it because the disk is full. Weird. I'm guessing it's the technology in that photo elements. It just yeah. can't handle what it's seeing. Yeah. But maybe your theory is going to work out where you get the other drive. It well, just so, shouldn't do that. I'll find out tonight because that drive is supposed to be delivered by Amazon at some point tonight. So. All right. All right. I'll let you know next week. Yeah, yeah please do. We, I, I want to know. But that's what's going on these days, actually. Trying to mix and match the old and the new, and the software is old, and the technology is new, and the, yeah. it's just getting yeah. a little nutty out there. That yeah. it's even harder than it ever has been to try to troubleshoot this stuff. That's true. Yeah, yeah but I, oddly enough, um, I also have Photoshop Element Seven, and um, that worked just fine. See, so, yeah, the, you're making uh, my point on the, the age. The newer code is up to snuff on yeah. the newer hardware. Yeah. Yeah. Well, normally the only thing I have to do. Um, with Windows 10 or Windows 11 to use the Photoshop Elements 2 is um, I have to go in and change the size of the virtual memory. I have to set it myself instead of letting Windows manage it. Yeah. Um, but that, so far, that's been the only thing I've ever had to do. Uh, now you got to do something else, Dan. But I do appreciate the call. Let yeah. us know what happens. All right, I will. All right. Let's see what he has to do. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.